Hello, and welcome back to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. This is episode 15 of the Pacific Northwest Showdown. Oh my gosh, we are practically able to go get like our learner's permit if we enroll in driver's ed. Yep. Yeah, we could almost drive. Can you believe we've come so far? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, you know, the final episode before the new year comes in. It's so weird. And we're just a few days away from ringing in the new year. We are. We are. So... I wanted to actually take a moment here in the opening segment sure. to reflect on 2021 yeah. and what happened in the world of Seattle sports. Well, I mean, a lot's happened. So I think that's a great, I think that's a great idea. Let's start off with the Seattle storm, right? Head coach Noel Quinn took the helm, made history as the first black head coach of the storm. Yes. They finished with a record of 21 and 11 they are in the fourth seed in the WNBA playoffs and exited in the second round. But Sue Bird was named the USA Basketball Female Athlete of the Year. And mm -hmm. Brianna Stewart wins the SB4 Best WNBA Player. Great accomplishments for the Storm. The OL Reign, Laura Harvey, was named the Reign's new head coach in July. And she assumed that role after the Tokyo Olympics, where she was assistant head coach for the USA women's soccer team. Mm. Harvey was also named the NWSL head coach of the year. And the Reign ended with a 13-3-8 record. Wow. After really strugg struggling in that first half of the mm -hmm. season. And here's, you know, Coach Harvey coming in and completely turning things around. And then they went out in the playoffs in the semifinals, but they did have a few people who I do want to highlight. Jess, Jess Fishlock was named the 2021 NWSL MVP. Nice. And the OL Reign and the Black Future Co-op Fund won the inaugural Community Impact Award. And last but not least, the OL Reign will be coming home to Lumen Field for the 2022 season. Oh my gosh, so exciting. So exciting. And speaking of Lumen Field, the Seattle Sounders, the Sounders season ended with a 17-9-8 record going out in the early rounds of the playoffs. And goalie Stephen Fry was awarded, uh, sorry, Stephen Fry was awarded the 2021 MLS Save of the Year by the mm -hmm. All-State fan vote for one of his stops in the September 18th game against Real Salt Lake. And three Sounders players were named to the top 11 players at each position across the MLS uh, forward Raul Rudias, midfielder Jao Paulo Mior, and defender Yamar Gomez Andrade. Congratulations to the Sounders who yeah. stood out this season. Yes. And the Seattle Mariners finished oh, the man. season with a record of 90 and 72. Amazing. Coming in second place in their division, they battled it out, just falling short to secure a spot in the wild card playoff race. Now, a couple players that stood out, Mitch Haniger was, in my opinion, yes. the MVP through the final game stretch to try and push for that playoff spot. Um, you know, Kyle Seeger, who did announce his retirement today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, today. Breaking December news. 29th, his wife, Julie Seeger, shared on Twitter that uh, Kyle is retiring. He, yeah. his entire career, he played for the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. 11 seasons. It's really special to be able to do that. Yes. And just, I, I wish we wish nothing but the best for Kyle and his family in this new chapter. And, you know, three Mariners were acknowledged by the baseball writers association of America. So Ty France winning 
the offensive MVP, JP Crawford as the unsung hero, and Chris Flexen with the pitcher of the year. Wow. And then also in 2021, they signed the 2021 Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray, to a five-year contract this offseason. We're looking forward to seeing him pitch for us in 2022. So it has been a year to remember for the Mariners franchise, and it gives Mariners fans so much to look forward to in 2022. Absolutely. And speaking of fans, the Seattle Kraken, right, Mm -hmm. hit the ice at the new Climate Pledge Arena for their inaugural season in the NHL. And fans, so many fans, got to welcome a new hockey team to Seattle, witness the expansion draft, and watch the Kraken be unleashed. There's still much more hockey to happen, but it sure has been special witnessing a brand new team play its first season here in Seattle. I'm so grateful we got to go to one of their matches. I hope we get to go back to more at some we point. Will. But gosh, that is it's been it's been super exciting to have them here. And let's talk about a team that we're really excited to go watch in 2022 yes. and we've really got connected with um in 2021. It's been really special yeah. for both Kate and I to get connected with the Seattle Seawolves. Love it. The Seattle Seawolves rugby team named Alan Clark as the new head coach going into the 2022 season. After winning the first two championship titles in MLR history in 18 and 19, the Seawolves look to regain their title and bring back the shield to Seattle after navigating a mostly canceled 2020 season and a difficult comeback coming into 2021. So we're looking forward to being there, to supporting them. It was awesome getting to talk with Brad Tucker in episode 14 that we had last week. And so we just have so much love for the Seawolves. Yes. And look forward to 2022 on that note. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of the team that I think prompted all this to get going for us was the Seattle Seahawks. And their playoff hopes for the 2021 season have come to an end at this point, struggling to win their games with injuries to Wilson, Trey Brown, and Jamal Adams midseason. But despite the setbacks the Seahawks have experienced, Quandre Diggs and Bobby Wagner were voted to the Pro Bowl, and Seahawks dancer Kiana was also named to the Pro Bowl, representing the Seahawks dance squad. That was new for me to yeah. find out. This that was that the dancers also get to go to the Pro Bowl, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Lockett was named a Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, an Art Rooney Sportsmanship nominee, and was also the Steve Largent Award winner, which is given to a Seahawks player who best represents the spirit, dedication, and integrity of that hall of fame receiver. And the biggest highlight I would say in 2021 for me sure. was getting to marry you. Oh my gosh, babe. I didn't know we were doing this part. <laughs> yeah. So I got to marry my lovely wife in 2021. True. And we had an amazing honeymoon in Maui. It was great. And we started this podcast in September. Yeah. Right. During back to school season. It was nuts, <laughs> but it, it's been a true, like just There have been a lot of good things this year. Yes. And so we thank you all for, you know, getting on this journey with us and listening to our podcast. And we really hope that 2022 brings so many blessings. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed our journey down memory lane for 2021. Yes. Yes. So let's go on to our Pacific Northwest athlete quote of the week. Yeah. There was a very intriguing tweet put out by former Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom player Mm -hmm. Cam Chancellor on Monday night. Mm. And for those who didn't see it, or maybe you did, it said, 
me and Jody Allen need to have a discussion about the future of the Seattle Seahawks. Hashtag just saying. And Jody Allen is the current owner. Yes. She came into ownership after her brother, the late Paul Allen, um, passed away. Yeah. And it's been a few years since that's happened. And there's a lot going on with the Seahawks and the direction that they're going to be taking. And it was interesting because, you know, then here's Marshawn Lynch last night. Yeah. Um, saying, you know, adding into it on the crew, which is a show put on by Josina Anderson and a mm-hmm. few others mm-hmm. on how he would want to be in on being a part owner of the Seahawks. Now yeah. I did a little research. So Right now, the estimated value of the Seahawks franchise is $3.5 billion. Wow. So it would require someone with a lot of money to purchase majority ownership and be willing to have other part owners on with that. So the question would be, like, would Jody Allen be willing to share ownership Uh. as it stands if, let's let's say Jody Allen was in a place where she's like, you know what? Yes, I do want to sell which that's not been reported. That's not, this isn't, this is all speculation, you know, speculation or hypothetical. Sure. As it stands, there currently are like three celebrities that people are pretty familiar with who have a net worth of $3.5 billion or more. And those three people are George Lucas at 6.5 billion. Surprising. Sure. Steven Spielberg at 3.7. Okay. And Oprah Winfrey at 3.5. Yeah. So, Then you start to think about, okay, well, there's other people out there who are billionaires that have so much more money. You think about Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and other business owners who have would have plenty left over if they were to purchase the Seattle Seahawks. Three point five billion would be nothing for them to become the owner of this of this franchise of this team. So it's been intriguing because. Sure. It was shocking to see Cam Chancellor come out with that tweet. But do you think he was talking about like actually trying to get ownership in that? Do you think he was talking about just like, hey, I've got like, we need to talk about this because this is like, shouldn't be the way it's going. Like, it could have just been, you know, it, that and at this point, it is all speculation about what he actually meant. Is it ownership? Is it wanting to be on the sideline? Like is it being a coach? Is it saying... Like that? hey, this isn't going in a direction that's positive. I have thoughts and ideas like you just mentioned. Yeah. The reality of it is, even if there was, you know, a handful of Seahawks players that were wanting to get in on ownership, there would have to be a majority owner. It is. Yes. NFL players aren't getting near, like they, their net worth is not even close no, not to, to even owner. like a billion dollars. Sure, no. Jay-Z has a net worth of $1 billion. If that puts things yeah. into perspective, right? Sure. So, Intriguing quote by Cam Chancellor. Yeah, I'm wondering which I'm wondering what he kind of meant by that and which way he wants to go that I would love to see him on the sidelines. I think that would be great. Yes. I think he'd be great for that. So I'd be totally into that. Um, I think a lot of people right now also want to try to figure out, you know, what Jody Allen would do and all of that. And so it's it's kind of she's a very quiet owner. Yeah, it's kind of fun to like bat around ideas a little bit, but also just making sure we're all being real clear. Like, Hey, we actually have literally no idea. We have no idea, but just like could be fun to talk about. Cause I think Russell Wilson has also talked about how at some point he would like to be sort of somehow invested in, in, the, Seahawks. in the Seahawks and stuff too. So, um, so yeah, so interesting. Something That's, to just, yeah. So watch, if, see mm-hmm, they, how things unfold. And again, 
the likelihood of any of that happening sure is pretty low because we don't know yeah. like what does Jody Allen want to do with the team is and, she in it for the long haul mm-hmm. is she who and, is Jody Allen yeah we <laughs> yeah well I mean we, yeah exactly like we know who she is but what does she want and with and with her kind of you know uh air quotes inheriting the team as it were I you know is that in a trust is there like other are there other parts of that that are more complicated than just being her as the owner I mean I don't know these things but I mean, sometimes with things like that, it can get we much more complicated. We might have to kind of dig into this we a might little need bit to look deeper. Into it and try to see if we can kind of figure it out. But yeah. more owners could also be more problems. So majority or not, you know. So, well, I don't know. Coming up next is the Showdown Lowdown. It is time for the Showdown Lowdown. Showdown Lowdown. I don't know. Should I say that for like Halloween? That was maybe like a little. That super was like creepy. a Halloween vibe. Maybe more New Year'sy. Showdown lowdown. That's more like it. Okay, my bad. Wow. All right. I'll so for next week. the showdown lowdown is our segment where we cover you know Seattle sports news updates, quick review of wins and losses across the leagues that are currently playing. Yeah. So now this isn't Seattle sports news. It's more of like world sports news. Sure. And it's sad to share with those of you who haven't heard, though I'm pretty sure everyone at this point has gotten this I'm news sure. that we lost an NFL and sports broadcasting legend yesterday on December 28th, John Madden. Yeah. And John Madden has left a legacy of greatness and he will go down in history as one of the greatest coaches and sports broadcasters to have ever set foot in the world of sports. 100%. Um, it, it's clear as day the incredible impact that he left on the lives of players, coaches, journalists, and fans alike. Mm-hmm. He was loved, respected, and will be deeply missed. So on Christmas Day, Fox released a documentary on John Madden called All Madden. Mm-hmm. And you can watch that documentary on Peacock, and it will soon be available on ESPN Plus and Tubi. Fox will re-air on FS1 on Wednesday, today, December 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, and on broadcast Fox Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time as well. Yeah. It, it will be worth your time. I'm, yeah, I'm very much looking to forward take time to, to watch it. it. We will yes. be watching it tonight. Yeah. Um, so again, just, it's just such sad news. Um, yes, but I, mean, I felt that I, it was so important that we share that here. And I think that John Madden is a name that's synonymous with football for people who aren't even football, f- like fans or fanatics, like anybody. I mean, my love for football grew out of playing Madden. Yeah. The, the video game. Yeah you know, in high school and playing it and I've played it, you know, I buy it every year. Oh yes. (laughs) And it's really how I learned the sport. Mm -hmm. I learned the rules. I learned the The positions. I learned Mm -hmm. so much from playing that video game. And I think a lot of people hear Madden and think video game, but obviously there's so much more of a rich history of what he's given to the world of sports through coaching and, his sports broadcasting. His broadcasting was my like my like how I ha- was introduced to him was listening to him when I'd watch the games with my dad and stuff. And I just I loved it. He had such passion and such fire, and he just kind of got straight to the point of everything. Yeah. It was it was great. So yes, definitely will be very deeply missed. 
Well, I'm going to segue into our normal Pacific Northwest Shonan updates and news. Sure. We're going to start out with the OL Reign this week. So the OL Reign have traded goalkeeper Ella Dedrick to the Houston Dash in exchange for their natural third round pick for 2023. All right. Well, the Seattle Storm. Yeah. The roster for the 2022 season is out, and it looks like Michaela's dream of having Subert on the team for this year has become, it has come true, Michaela. Yes. It's come true. So Subert is listed on that roster. Um, another fun mention about the Storm roster for this year is that six current Storm players are actually playing overseas during the WNBA offseason. And there are three players in Spain, one's in Russia, and two in Australia. And as Ian McBegger, who is currently with the Melbourne Boomers um, and plays both both uh, both teams for the last few years here. Um, she had a near double triple with 21 points, 16 rebounds, and nine assists against the Bendigo Spirit on um, December 19th. So some pretty impressive stats, and obviously a solid player who I'm excited to see this season when we get to go to the home games for the Storm. So we just put all those dates on the calendar. And I'm going to go ahead and give a special shout out to my brother-in-law, Lathrop, who got me a Brianna Stewart jersey. jersey. And it was my first Storm jersey. Yes. So thank you, Lathrop. I love it. It looks great on me, I might add. Yeah, it does. So thank you for that. The Kraken have continued to have postponed games and players going into COVID protocol. This has left their defensive players quite thin to have mm-hmm. on the ice. Yeah. I believe that Dunn and Donato are both in COVID protocol, mm. which hurts us. Tanev is out for the season. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who have been following us each week and following what's going on with the Kraken, Brandon Tanev is officially on injured reserve with an ACL injury mm-hmm. and is out for the rest of the season. So, you know, he's expected to have the surgery. Updates will come as the re- rehab process you know begins for him sure, how yeah. he's doing how the surgery went but guess what hmm. we're supposed to have a game tonight i know it sounds like it's supposed to be on too They've it's been, been it's felt like forever mm-hmm. so the kraken are supposed to play tonight december 29th against the philadelphia flyers they also have games scheduled for thursday the 30th against the calgary flames saturday the first against the vancouver canucks and Tuesday the 4th against the New York Islanders. All games are for 7 o'clock, and we will see if they're able to happen. It's a lot of games after a break because of postponements due to COVID since their last game on December 18th. Yeah, it's been a while. The postponements, the holiday break, all that kind of stuff. Gosh, they got like a whole winter break, didn't they? It's It's been a while, yeah. Um, and, and some of the teams, I think I read that the... Uh, I think it was the Flyers, might have been the Flames, one of the two. Their last game was like December 11th. So a lot of teams have been. I'm curious how this break for a, little for a lot of teams is going to impact them mm-hmm. on the ice. Mm-hmm. Much so. longer than the normal holiday break that they usually have, I guess. So with all the postponements, but hopefully they can get. Hopefully they can keep them coming. And the NHL and the NHLPA just reached an agreement about updating the COVID protocol for with the new CDC guidance. And so they've got that going. So that might, I mean, technically help with people being able to come back sooner. Sure. But we'll have to see how that goes, I guess. 
Um, moving on to the Seawolves. Um, what's up, BFF rookie? Uh, the Seawolves <laughs> have announced an official regional rugby, rugby pathway in combination with some key strategic partnerships with local rugby organizations here in the Seattle area. And it'll be a way for the Seawolves to be involved in growing and finding talent here in the Pacific yes. Northwest, which we love to hear. Um, rugby Washington president Aaron Lee says... The Seawolves are a winning organization with great people involved. Providing a structured pathway shows that all levels of rugby are connected and working together. Mm -hmm. Our partnership will provide more opportunities for youth players and resources for coaches. We are excited for the future of the sport in Washington. So I, I love I love hearing that. And, and it sounds like the steps in this pathway will start with teaching fundamentals and learning to play and practice with kids as young as six years old. Um, training to train, training to compete, and training to win, moving from a community-based game to a high-performance game along that pathway. And so the Seawolves season will begin on January 22nd with their first of two exhibition games to kick off the new year. Uh, Michaela and I are going to be at that January 22nd game. We are super excited. Yes. Um, it starts at three. Mm -hmm. uh, secure your tickets. There's actually, when we went to, when we went to book, like, there were some seats left, but there weren't tons of seats left. So get on make it. sure you come say hello. Enjoy watching that rugby. I'm excited. It's going to be a great time. Yes. And so segueing on to the yeah. Seattle Seahawks. Mm -hmm. They are officially out of the playoff race. Yeah. And though the likelihood of them actually getting to the playoffs this year was a very low this entire season. Sure. Look, I'm going to believe until Hold it's done. Hold right. On hope. And it is done. Yeah. So they lost the Chicago bears at home on Sunday in the final minute of the game when the bears <sighs> scored a touchdown and opted to try to go for the two point conversion to go up by just one point. And uh, instead of tying the game. Yeah. And they did end up converting, and the Seahawks were unable to close out another game in the final minutes. Uh, yeah. More on that in the Hawkeye analysis. Absolutely. Yeah, and so um, lots going on this week in sports, but let's talk about our Pacific Northwest Player of the Week. So of everybody out there this week, we decided to go with Rashad Penny. Had a touchdown and 135 yards um, for rushing. And this is his second game in the last three where he rushed for 135 or more yards. I just wish, like, I I would have loved for yes. this to have been, like, his rookie season. He didn't yes. get injured. He yes. comes out on the field. And he, like, just the first two games he's out there, like, you yep. know, we saw so many bursts of his, like, his, his run game. Yeah you know, between his injuries and then to see this, it's amazing. In two, two out of three games, 135 plus yards. Yeah. And there were, I think three touchdowns across those yeah. two games where he had that just incredible. It's amazing. All right. So, Congrats Rashad, Rashad Penny. Penny. Kudos to you. Yeah. I would like to see you here for another season. I want to see you get going. I want to see what you're capable yes. of doing. Yes. And, uh, and if you want to come talk to us about it, feel free. We're here. Yeah, we're here. We're happy to talk to you. All right. Coming up next is the Hawkeye analysis. It is time for the Hawkeye analysis where yeah. we break down the Seattle Seahawks game for the week. Yes. And, you know, unfortunately, as we mentioned earlier in the showdown lowdown, 
the Seahawks lost in the final minutes to the Chicago Bears. It was so sad. And they lost by one point. It was rough. It was, it was not rough. great to watch that unfold. So we're going to start with the offense as we usually do. Yep. And we're going to start off with the quarterback for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And, you know, Wilson has his moments where he shines and moments where he fails to execute completely. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of the time where he struggles is that he wants to extend those plays. Sure. And he's so unwilling to throw the ball away because he has had those magical moments where yes. he makes something sure. happen downfield that has extended plays that he ends up actually really kind of hurting the field position, mm -hmm. taking the sacks and, you know, he needs to get the ball out of his hands faster. They need to increase the quick passing game, which is what I think many of us yeah. thought was going to happen with Shane Waldron this year. Yeah. Being the offensive the coordinator. Offense. His, in this last game again, it's so interesting because then I started to see him miss his targets again, overthrowing, underthrowing. Well, yeah, in the beginning, it seemed like it was better, right? And then as the game went on, it, it started to not be. So it's like, is he just not back up to snuff, as it were? You know, his touch and his accuracy are off. There's mm -hmm. some throws he completely hits, and that's great. But mm -hmm. he's missing his, his players. It hurts yeah. The team when you can't, you know, now they did have a beautifully sustained drive and I'll talk about that. Sure. But that they couldn't finish. They yes. couldn't finish strong. And that's really what this season has been. The biggest difference mm -hmm. is that last season. And let's be honest, the last few seasons, the Seahawks have are tend to have very close games. Yes. But when they have the close games in mm -hmm. the past, mm -hmm. they're coming out on the winning side of those very close games. Yeah, that's this true. This year, they have very close games, and they're coming out on it's the losing not side of quite it. Quite working out, yeah. So, it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle for sure, and it's hard as a fan to watch and have it be so close all the time. I mean, there's those jokes about like just the heart attacks you get watching the game and everything, and um. Yeah, it's. I do want to say though, like for people who are talking about we need to trade Russell Wilson and mm. it's time to move on from him, that's that's not the case. Um, you don't move on from Russell. He he will be better and get sure. better. And sometimes there's years with adversity and struggle, and this is a year like that for Wilson. We've been saying that this mm -hmm. entire season. Yeah, it's kind of been like this this snowball effect for him. And I have no doubt he's going to come back next season looking true to Russell, his own form. Yeah. So in finding somebody that's as elite as Russell Wilson at the quarterback, it, it's, it's rare. Yeah. And I'm going to say this, like up until this season where we've seen him really struggle after he's been injured, Russell Wilson was the reason that we've had so many playoff. Yes, Absolutely like wins yeah. over his tenure. Mm -hmm. Now, when we had the Legion of Boom, that defense get, really gave Russell Wilson defense. the chance to yes. get established in the NFL to make a name for himself. Mm -hmm. But I would say that once the Legion of Boom moved on and we're talking about, you know, I'm thinking about 2015 and on, mm -hmm. that Russell Wilson is a reason why we won games. Sure. So it's, you know... A big part of it. This is sure. only the second time in his 10-year tenure where the Seahawks will not be in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's 
And that's, there's I mean, a lot to be said for that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams don't have that kind of run, right? A lot of teams don't have. It's not normal. That many things. That so often. I, we got a little spoiled. We had a little bit of a good time with all of it. And so now it's like, oh, that being this said, is though, too, it's like, yes, this is the other side, but you don't want to get stuck in no. complacency. Oh, gosh. Meaning no. that change does need to happen. Yes. And where those changes need to happen, we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, I do want to, you know, talk about how the running game is a huge part of yeah, absolutely. success. So if Penny can stay healthy, we like, do we have a true running back one on our hands? Do we have an RB one? I mean, with Rashad Penny, pretty impressive stats the last couple games. It's been so impressive. 135 plus yards in two of the last three games. Uh, again, sign him to a team friendly deal. See what yeah. he can do. I don't know what's happening or going on with Chris Carson. We know that he had the next surgery mm -hmm. and apparently it went well and he's excited to get rolling again. Yes. But neck injuries are pretty you don't want to serious push that too soon. and oh no so i'm really curious to see whether or not chris carson does come back yeah is he gonna be as physical as he had been prior yeah. to this it would that be i mean running backs are That's, they're taking hits yes and they're getting the ball you know if you have a balanced offense you, you know mm -hmm. it's rarely half of the whole game depending on who your running back is mm -hmm. maybe it's more often than that if you have like a jonathan taylor or you know uh derrick henry type yeah. or you know yeah christian mccaffrey you would want those players to have majority mm -hmm. you know possession of that but I am inspired and intrigued by Rashad Penny. Yep. I just need him to stay healthy because yes. our running back position has we not been it. healthy for years. Yeah. We need it. For so sure. if, if we can't have a running back room of, you know, mm -hmm. players that can come on the field, like it's all going to be on Wilson. Yes. It's well, all going to be on Wilson on the passing game. Teams mm -hmm. are going to know it. Mm -hmm. There isn't a true threat mm -hmm. um, in the backfield for running. Yeah. So they're going to focus on coverage and then they're going to make these running backs prove that they can, yeah. you know, and, and Penny, the last few games has been making, he's been and he's had it. excellent blocks by the offensive line. The yeah. offensive line blocking game on runs been, has been impressive. It's been better. So yeah. Credit to the offensive line on that. Yeah. DK Metcalf. My man. Yeah. He, that, he that, had a 41 yard touchdown, touchdown catch but was, guess what? That was the only I know that's all he had that whole game. Yeah, he there was a couple other targets that he either didn't get to him or or he didn't quite get. Um, I think mm -hmm. we've talked before about that with him too. And you know, one you actually have to make sure the ball gets to him, but he does have the responsibility of actually catching the ball. And the game, um, this last game, it was the snow game. It was snowing yeah. during most of the game or a big chunk of it. At Can't least. believe I haven't mentioned that and yet. Really cold too. And so, I mean, that's got to affect, I mean, and the bears being from Chicago, they're all just like, whatever, because <laughs> it's like, they're used to that more there than we are here. So, and some of those things, you know, could have come into play for this game a little bit, but, um, but I loved, I love that DK got that pass. I love that that happened for him. So it was a great, it was such a cool touchdown to watch. He just um, walked in backwards. <laughs> just like, end. cool. Like I got this now, Gerald Everett. Yeah. He has 
he's, I, he's yeah. been utilized more. Mm -hmm. I've loved seeing it. Mm -hmm. He came in clutch multiple times in this week's game, helping yes. convert on a few third down and long situations. Mm -hmm. He also came down with a, a touchdown pass from Wilson. And though that that one fluke of a game, with the three, it's behind oh, him. The I'm three so turnovers, glad. that's behind him. He is a good tight end. Yes. He has good run after catch ability. Yes. He has good hands. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I'm liking that Wilson is having a connection with a tight end. Mm -hmm. Wilson just needs for the entirety of the game to be consistent in his accuracy, to be consistent in his throws, yeah. Yeah. to be smart about when he's getting rid of the ball. And who is that on? Yeah. Is that on the game plan? I mean, the accuracy that's on Wilson. Sure. There's only so much you can do from, I mean, from an outside part there, but yeah, what's going on play calls or differences in opinion on what the call should be. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not in there, but, um, but I was so happy that ever had a better has been having better games. Cause you know how I was like feeling so sad and worried about him after that one game. I just knew he probably felt really bad. I'm glad it's turned around for him because I think he has great potential and I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what else he does moving yeah, forward. Me too. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Okay. So that I love this term, the bend, but don't break method. Yeah. Right. The bend, but don't break method worked for part of the other night for the Seahawks. Yeah. But it did not hold up at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. They broke. They did they bend and then they broke. It was not a bend and snap. It was a bend and break. It was a bend and full on snapped in half and broke. Okay. I guess, I guess that would work. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they were playing soft and prevent zone defenses. When the opposing team's driving down the field, they're only down one touchdown. It was not an aggressive enough approach to sure. stop them mm -hmm. from driving down the field the way they did. Yeah. And you know, on that, so the Bears come down, they score. Yes. You think that they're going to go for the extra point, you know, kick. Okay. To tie it up. Sure. But they go for the two point for a winning, but to why, win it. But why would they Why would they not try to go for the two point to win it? You know what I mean? Because it's riskier to go for a two point conversion. And then if you don't make it, then you basically lose the game. You're down a point. It's true. So the safer... Less aggressive method, sure, is to try to tie it up. Yeah, which and they so they do. they didn't do that, and the defense was so close. Yeah, to almost pushing the receiver out of the end zone. It was hard on that two point conversion. Yes, and unfortunately, they were just unable to get him all the way out before his leg came down, his calf came down in bounds. It's so annoying. It was so close <laughs> that they close. there was like three or four Seahawks, like basically as the receivers in the air catching the ball, they were pushing him towards the back of the yeah. you know end zone to try to get him out of bounds. And he came down with a two-point conversion. Yeah. The bend and snap. The bend don't break. The bend don't break. The bend and snap happened. Yeah. It's unfortunate for sure. But stop watching Legally Blonde Seahawks. I know that's me. The band I gotta, and yeah, I gotta get off of that. I do love that movie. <sighs> well, okay. That's how I feel about the end of the game, but there were some highlights that I want to point out. Yes. So the highlights on focus defense. On, focus on the positives. 
Carlos Dunlap has been feasting the past few games. He mm-hmm. is hungry. He is having a big old bowl of cereal. He's got whipped cream on that cereal. He's got sprinkles on. I don't know if that's what people want to eat, but he is having a feast. <laughs> I'm just Should like, I... my face right now is very confused about why we're putting whipped cream and sprinkles on cereal. I mean, I hey, guess there's probably some cereal. Depending on what. That way. Okay, well, let's make it like a s'more cereal or something. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I just. I don't know. I don't but know. But either way, Carlos Dunlap has been feasting. And he's come alive here at the end of the season, which is mm-hmm. somewhat unfortunate because, you know, basically we could have u- like utilized him in so many other ways at the beginning of the season, but that's fine. But now we know. And, you know, Daryl Taylor and Carlos Dunlap coming off the edges is a really exciting duo to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Damn, Ugh, girl. That's my third one. Uh, You're counting again. I, I always do, whether I say it out loud or not. So another another highlight. Can can you please talk about Bobby Wagner? So Bobby Wagner did break his own franchise record, <laughs> his own record, which is what I love, with the number of tackles he has had in a single season. And so far, that that number that he broke was with one sixty eight tackles. Okay. And so, congrats, Bobby Wagner. Now, yeah. here's the interesting thing. I'm going to bring this up too. So. Second-year linebacker Jordan Brooks Mm -hmm. is not too far behind him with 156 tackles. Oh, wow. And a lot of people, you know, I'm sitting out here. I'm celebrating that. I'm I'm saying how great both of these, you know, defensive players are, linebacker. And a lot of other people are celebrating as well. That's that's, true. These are the things that are happening for our linebackers. Again, focus on the positives. Some people are focusing on the fact that, well, the defense is on the field so much that, yeah, of course they have that many tackles or – you know, just like it's, that yeah. it's not impressive. And the thing is, is that they have had to be on the field so much and their bodies have had to take that many hits and they're still making these tackles. They still have they're to make the plays. Yeah. And let's be honest, up until like last week's game, there was a good long stretch there where, where the defense was holding teams sure. to less than 20 points. Yes. And they were giving the Seahawks offense every opportunity to be successful and to win out the game. Exactly. So I'm giving the defense a lot more credit than I think a lot of other people are. They've mm-hmm. had to be on the field so much mm-hmm. that, yes, these players are having 156, 168, breaking franchise season records for tackles in a season. Yeah. They have had to put their bodies through so much. Yes. And they are consistently out there on the field. Yes. Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner aren't missing games, but they're putting their bodies through the most out yes. of any other player in that team with what they're they're hitting people. Yeah. And I mean, double digits. Yeah. Game after game after game. Tons. I think, you know, we've talked before about how I'm learning that, you know, it really is about whether or not you win versus the, you know, the things you can talk about when you don't win. But, um, but a lot of these wins have a lot of these, uh, excuse me, losses have actually not been by a whole ton. It's not like we're getting, I'm telling you, they're like, we're not within a score blown out or anything. No. And so if the defense wasn't doing their job at all, you know, it'd be a different story. story. And, and those, I mean, just the way that those hits happen and all of that, um, I was excited to actually learn about how in, uh, football is actually kind of trying to now integrate more of the rugby style of tackling because it's safer for people. Because I mean, you watch some of these, some of these hits and it's just like, these guys go through a ton to do this. And so these numbers, whether, you know, they would have gotten him if we had hadn't had to be on the field so much for the defense side. I, it's still very impressive, and it still shows how and dedicated me, and committed they, they are. They are to their where roles. they need to be to yes. make the tackles. And 
yes, a lot of underneath stuff because of scheme, which is on the coaches, sure, have been given up to where they have to then make those tackles. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not on the players. That's on the coaches for the scheme that's being called that's allowing those underneath passes to be complete yeah. to where then our players are making these tackles. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is it's okay to celebrate people when they do good things and not to call out the reasons why they should not be celebrated. Absolutely. I doubt that many of the people out there that are criticizing could actually do the same thing, you know? I, I, if I tackled one person, do you know how broken my body would be for, like, weeks? Oh, my gosh. I, in high school, at one point, considered, like, kind of, like, I want to try out for football because, like, there was no girls' football. And I was like, I just want to do it just because I was kind of, um, you know. A diff- rebel. I was difficult <laughs> Difficult, like yeah. But I quickly realized, I didn't ever do it, but I quickly realized, and which this is why I didn't do it, was that I would be literally destroyed. Like, I did not have physical capacity to do any of those things. And... While it would be kind of cool, and I probably have the aggression to do it in some ways, I don't have, like, the the body to -hmm. do it. And so, you know, like, focus on the positives. Let's celebrate the people who are doing these things, who are are contributing and making things, you know. And let's be honest, though. It's fun to see these guys hit other players. It's a huge reason why people love watching football is to see some of these hard hits. So Mm -hmm. be impressed. Give credit where it's due. Celebrate the players for how great they are. Totally. Let's move on to special teams. Let's do it. So, okay. Jason Myers, and a lot of people have things to say about Jason Myers too, but let's 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 talk about this. Jason Myers made his first few extra points and sure. then a field goal kick in this game. Mm-hmm. Then when it came down to making the kick that could potentially help seal the deal on the Seahawks win, he missed it. So we yeah. were up by seven. There was an opportunity. Russell Wilson took a huge sack on third and eight, it pushed it a little further back than what Jason Myers would have had to kick it for if this if he didn't take this huge sack. And he missed, I think it was like a 40-yard or plus yard field goal. Mm-hmm. It went wide. And it did bend. It did it look like, like it was gonna go through. The and end. then it like, it was like just it's like the, the wind end. decided to like come in and really uh, push it. Yeah. And so he missed it. And what I'm what I'm a little upset about is that people are really blaming Jason Myers for losing this game because he missed this kick when sure. it's on the team. Yeah. But Jason Myers, you know, there's media comes out with all these things about Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson's relationship. And yes. so they're posting articles about it. It's broken. Yeah. Talking about this loss. Just massive clickbait. And in response to an article that was written about that disconnect mm-hmm. between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. Jason Myers responded with a tweet saying, quote, none of this topic, none of this is a topic. If I put the ball through the uprights, my job is to come in and put the ball in no matter where it's at. It's on me. So the media can just leave this alone. Unquote. Wow. And you know, nothing but accountability, like, yeah. respect Massive for, respect. yeah, Jason Myers' response there, but it's also not on Jason Myers. And Russell Wilson followed up with a tweet in response to Myers that said, quote, Jay, you're one of the best kickers in the league, have been for years. You are great and will continue to be. Best is ahead, unquote. I believe, here's what I feel. I feel like the yeah. players have the players back. Yeah. backs. Mm-hmm. They have each other's backs. There's a brotherhood there, but I also feel like 
there's some disconnect in that locker room. And I don't know if it's between coaches and players and trust yeah. with schemes, with play calling. Yeah. I, I don't quite know what it is, but this team feels different in terms of culture. Sure. And I mean, I think, then it has in previous years, I think. And, you know, from, from my side of it, like, like huge respect to Jason Myers for, for saying that, whether, you know, we believe it's his fault or, or whatever, just kind of admitting his part in that I think is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, publicly people are going to say what they're going to say, right? We don't, again, we don't know what's going on in that locker room. We don't know what's being said behind closed doors or what relationships are like. Um, it's good that publicly at least, um, the Seahawks players seem to be supporting each other because that is really important because the media has already grabbed on to the potential issues with, you know, with Russ and, and Pete and all that kind of stuff. And, and you don't want more cracks to develop that you right. know, kind of can get that rumor mill gossipy sort of those claws into. Right. So um, I, I hope that, you know, it comes together. I know he, Jason Myers had huge pressure on him this year coming off of his last like his I blame record. the announcers for jinxing totally it. He had like how many him. consistent like it was, it was like thirty. Was it? I don't know. It was a. It was a bunch. It was of like it was a. It was like yeah. a whole season's worth of kicks at least that yeah. were that were good, all good. That he completed and made, and then it was like the first game or two. This announcer was like, well, you know, he's got on. He's made every kick in the last however many games. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, come on, you guys. Uh, yeah, stop focusing on that because you're gonna get in his head. And, and I think he, I think he's been in his head a little bit this year, probably about some of that stuff. And he's gone through struggles in the past before last season. Then he had this excellent. So it was like, it's weird. It's like a, a season on a season off because he was also a pro bowl kicker mm. when he was, mm -hmm. I think it was with the Eagles. I might be wrong about which team he came from for us, but we, we got him after he had a pro bowl season Yeah, and was making all these kicks. And then, you know, it's just like a season on a season off a season it's on hard. and it is hard. That consistency. That's a tough, that's a tough thing. So. Well, can you take us from the Hawkeye analysis over to oh to Kate's corner? Yeah, I sure can. I All sure right. can take us over to Kate's corner, and it's not about football this week. It's about hockey and um, about the recent NHL game postponements. At this point, um, I think as of at least yesterday, there were seventy games that have been postponed across wow. the NHL, and recently. Um, I had mentioned before the NHL and the NHLPA, the Players Association, they came to that agreement about the the new kind of COVID protocols given the CDC um, recommendations. But they also came to an agreement about forming taxi squads um, to be able to run from December 26th through February 5th to give teams a better chance to not have to miss games. Mm -hmm. So taxi squads can have a maximum of six players. And they had talked about how any player being added, are gonna they're going to make sure that it's evaluated that they're being added for kind of the right reason to, sure. you know, there's some concern about possibly trying to sort of skirt salary caps and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, talk about using um, players in the minor leagues and things like that too. And so um, kind of more to it than I necessarily like a hundred percent understand just because this, this part of it's really new for me, but it was nice to hear that each team could kind of have these, these backups. And so um, em emergency backup goalies are being mm -hmm. utilized more yep. around the league as well. Um, and so lots of, lots of, uh, of those guys getting called to come in and suit up. There's Which even... can be like intimidating. Cause I think our backup goalie is 
Yeah. Have you, have you, I think, he, I don't know if he's an accountant or he's just like some. They do. They have two, they have the job. They have like their regular job. Right. And, and they have then their they, backup, they like do the backup goals. So they go to the practices, they do the right. things, but then they also have to live their regular lives. So it's, it's a big thing. And, um, and they've talked about, I read, I read an article that was talking about how, um, you know, if emergency backup goalies weren't available, things like that, you could even have like your goalie suit for the other team, like all these kinds of Weird. different sort yeah. of ways to make things happen. I think postponing and canceling games is what no one wants to do. So there's lots of, lots of parts of that, but you know, another interesting thing, uh, part about these NHL game postponements isn't just that the teams themselves are being impacted by positive mm -hmm. COVID cases, but also that the refs and linesmen are impacted as well. So each hockey match has two referees and two linesmen. And according to a Seattle times article by Marissa and Gemi, um, and apologies if the uh, pronunciation is incorrect there, but at least 13 game officials have been under COVID protocols. Now the league has 45 refs mm -hmm. and 40 linesmen, but they don't actually travel in set groups like the NFL. Like for NFL games, those they're, officials, that's they're a team, always together. And they're always yeah. together officiating as a team, but that's not how it works in hockey. Um, so the hope is that this break that they've had with the holiday break and all these games being postponed is that basically that everyone can get back on the healthier train so that more games uh, won't be impacted. So pretty interesting. Hoping stuff that we can there. see the crack and play tonight. Yeah, I would love to watch that as this well. This upcoming week, yeah. we've been missing hockey. It's been it's been weird without it. It has been weird without yeah. it, which is weird to say considering we're new, we're we're new, like new into the hockey yeah. yeah realm. But there's of... so many games. I mean, I think that's the other thing too. Is it so? It's easy to get into. It's easy to get into. It's easy to catch on. You, you know, don't have to wait usually a full week like you do. You know, a, no. There's usually at least NFL a couple, game. So, and I which think, is nice because it's like, hey, every couple, I need my sports fix, and yeah. I need it to be a Seattle team. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so, thank you for taking us over to Kate's corner. It is time for our mailbag segment. I always love the mailbag segment. Where it's the mailbag segment is so much fun because you get to interact, you know, with mm -hmm. the Twitter peeps, the Instagram peeps, just the listeners who send us questions. Yeah, the I listeners who send us questions. And last week, our mailbag was mainly directed towards our interview with Brad Tucker. So we didn't have like kind of our normal, our normal range of questions. I'm really excited this week to kind of get back into some of the. Fun, fun, random, fun, weird stuff we get. Tim from Puyallup <laughs> questions. Uh, all right. So let's start here with the mailbag yeah, from see. Jason. Okay. So Jason said, choose one sport mm -hmm. where you ladies get permission to be on the sidelines or in the dugout during the game for reports and interviews. What sports team would we choose? Um, I feel like I know what you would pick. So you can go first. So I actually, you know, I think, um, gosh, I, I feel like it'd be really fun for a couple of the sports like to do probably, I mean, probably all of them, honestly, I feel like I'd probably be in the way and wouldn't know what to ask, but let's say I magically knew all the things to ask okay. and I didn't have my normal, like I'm in the way. Um, I actually think I would kind of maybe go with the sea wolves Yes, because I'm super excited about this, learning more about rugby and all of that kind of thing. And just after talking to Brad last week and just our interactions with the Sea Wolves and Rucky on like social media, mm -hmm. I just feel like it would be super fun. Seems like a great atmosphere. I think the cool thing about doing that too is I think that it would actually like the more you immerse yourself in the culture of a sport, sure, the more you learn about it. And yeah. I think that that would be a great way. 
yeah. to learn more about rugby. Totally. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the Seawolves. All right. I am going to choose the Seahawks. No surprise. Are you surprised? Not at all. So I would choose the Seahawks. Number one, yeah. it's, it's, it's the biggest thing. love, right? It's yeah. my biggest love here in Sport, Seattle. Sports love. Let's yes. go with that. Thanks. Yes, dear. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I feel like I'd be very confident oh, you being be on the great. sidelines, asking questions oh, yeah. during the game, feeling the vibes and the energy down there in the field, yes. especially in Lumen Field. It would just be, it would probably be one of the coolest experiences of my life if I ever had the opportunity and to do that. You, you don't have like the starstruck fear of things like you, like I get frozen kind of sometimes with, yeah. with people like that. But like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's DK Metcalf. Like, what would I do? Like, I would like probably like freak out and look like a crazy person. Sure. But you get this like confidence about yourself when you're around like certain environments like that. And I feel like you would be really good at being like, yeah, that's DK Metcalf or that's like Russell Wilson. But like, Look, I'm supposed to be I here. think I that the most important thing to remember is that we're all human beings. Yes. And at the end of the day, we all, yes, we all live very, very different lives, but there is something to be said about just being treated like a person. Yeah. That goes a long way. It's and to true. remember that, true. you know, I the, the best advice I was ever given in high school was from my softball coach, um, Coach Knudsen. Uh, when I was playing junior varsity at the time and coach Knudsen told me that, Hey, you know, you're prepping for an interview. And she said, just act like you're going out to coffee with somebody that you're sitting down at a table and mm. you're, they're asking you questions over a cup of coffee. Sure. And for some reason that stuck with like, that just stuck with me. Yeah for pretty much anything in life, you're just having a cup of coffee talking to somebody that also has life experiences and they're asking you questions. You're responding to them as you would respond yeah. to a friend over coffee sure. and you're, you're able to ask them questions too. And it took the fear for me out I, of, and the I intimidation out of it sense. for me to kind of think about it in that way. That so sense. shout out to coach Knudsen who really uh, helped me yeah. be able to just realize that, we're all human beings and it doesn't have to be scary. True. Maybe I should just channel that. It'll help me with my awkwardness. Now, would I be like, hey, can I get an autograph? Yes. I'd be a total oh, fan about it. 100%. You yeah. would have to. You would have to. And I would say, hey, you should come on the Pacific Northwest Showdown. Come on over. <laughs> come on over. So um, that was a fun question, Jason. Thanks for asking. So Rick Judd 21 says, if you had to be magically turned into the ball or puck for the duration of a game, which sport do you pick? I mean, I would pick football again. <laughs> and here's the reason why. Sure. I, th I thought about this and I was just like, would I want to be a puck? No, you're like the gliding across the ice might be fun, but you're just being slapped around. And yes. then I thought about, okay, baseball, you're being hit. Like, I'm like, not to say that footballs don't get like, battered or anything you're in the arms I of guys mean, that get, are being tackled get kicked yeah i guess they get kicked but i was just like how fun would it be to like you're a football you're like flying in the air russell sure. wilson just passed you to tyler lockett for this sure. beautiful deep moon ball of a pass and you're just going up to the heavens and you get to come back down and land in tyler lockett's arms because you know he's gonna catch you can you know like <laughs> just imagine what that feeling would be like yeah it would so i would choose a football It'd be probably specifically the Seattle Seahawks football in that very moment. There you go. 
I like that you have a specific scenario with which to be a football. Um, you know, when I thought about this, I it's a tough it's a tough one, I think, because the ball or the puck, you know, it gets they get pretty like beat around in most sports, you know. Um, so I think I mean if you only had to be the one ball and not like every ball that gets used in the game, because a lot of times the pucks and the balls get like switched out or they get, you know, out of bounds or whatever. I think if that's the case, I think I would want to be a baseball only because, um, one, I'd be like, you know, be really small and everything, but, um, people are always really excited about that. Like when baseballs go out into the, into the, you know, uh, the seats and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and people keep them and they do, they keep you and then they cherish you. Yeah. And the Seahawks, I saw something about the balls. Like if they go into the crowd, you're supposed to give them back Mm -hmm. because they use them for like charity things, which is very kind. Um, But, you know, the person who was so excited about getting to have you has to give you back and that feels sad. So um, (laughs) I'm like anthropomorphizing things. But anyway, I'm going to go with baseball. Final answer. Final answer. Yeah. Done. (laughs) All right. The Seattle Sports Diaries podcast. Shout out to them asked what do you gals think of the future of both pete carroll and russell wilson in seattle i think that in 2022 we will be seeing both pete carroll and russell wilson yeah on the seahawks sideline or on the field yeah i think that you know barring some other kind of crazy thing that no one can foresee unless maybe you can read the future i think that they'll both be here next year and i think that you know it i don't think it's time for either of them to necessarily go I think that I think that changes can I do think happen. that they need to clean and clear the air with media. Yeah. More like intentionally than they did in the off season with all the sure. rumors. They don't like to address them. They don't like to they like to be kind of quiet in that locker room, I think, and what's going on behind the scenes. But I do think for the sake of the the team's culture and the questions that have been going around, that both Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson need to be transparent. They need to completely clear the air. They need to put that, just completely put it to rest. Sure. And right now, I don't feel like they have done that well enough to make these rumors and these conversations stop happening. And so to me, honestly... Yeah, like media will talk, they'll get a little bit, they'll get an inch of something to be able to talk about. And it just runs. It runs and it runs. And sometimes, yeah, not responding can help something die out, but this one's not. And um yeah, it's you, time to a like truly front, a unified front address it. That. Yeah. And I just, you know, yeah. So so that is my yeah, that's where we're at. Okay, can I read this question? Yeah. Okay, so Tim from Puyallup. Tim from Puyallup, I love you and whatever randomness you come up with. <laughs> I kind of want to know what All is like time, going on I in just, your brain. I just between the between the I bet the your family is Twitter, so entertained gosh, by the things that the you time. say or probably ask or do. Yeah. Um, so Tim from Puyallup says, Would you I love would you rather's also, by the way. So would you rather always have to sleep with a wet pillow? Or always sleep with a blanket that is automatically too short to cover your feet, regardless of your position. And you can't wear socks. The Tootsies must remain vulnerable to all monsters that visit overnight. So I'm going to let you answer this one first. First of all, Tim, from my hometown of Puyallup. Yeah. This might be my favorite question I've ever been asked, just because of how 
unbelievably weird and <laughs> random. I like it how is. specific it is too. So I'm gonna go with the blanket that will always be too short mm. to cover my feet, regardless of my position. Okay. And part of that is because I always get hot under the covers, so I typically will like have a hot leg anyways. Yeah, like I true. like I'll some part of my legs or my body have to like yes. feet have to be outside of the blanket because sure. I get too hot. So. I think I'd personally be like totally okay with having a blanket that was too short to cover my feet, but it covered the rest of my body. I get that. That makes sense. I wasn't sure which way you were going to go. Although who wants oh, a wet, wet pillow? pillow. <laughs> oh, look, if, if the pillow was wet, wet because pillow. my hair was still damp from the shower. Yeah. Like what's it wet from? How wet is this pillow? No, thank you to wet pillows. I go, I also go that with that pillowcase would get so gross. Oh the mold potential alone would just be awful. And then you're just breathing it. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that over here. So, no, I I was going to I'm going to go with the blanket that is too short. Also, um I'm a person who's cold all the time. So, that would be maybe weird for a person who's cold all the time to pick cuz I just love being all snuggled up in blankets. She also and stuff. loves her super fluffy socks. I do love some super fluffy socks. Um but you know, here's the thing. Here's the reason why uh can't wear socks it's a bummer because you know if my feet were uncovered normally i would put on socks to make sure they stay toasty but since they have to remain vulnerable to monsters i'm not fearing the monsters and that's because michaela sleeps in the same bed as me and michaela is like i mean if something were to try to come and attack me a monster or whatever else i'm pretty sure her fight or flight response usually would kick into fight and then I would be fine. Kate be has safe. seen this happen before. I'd be safe and protected from monsters. Um, I don't know. So in my regular headspace of a day to day, I would think that I would be a flight. Like I'd be a huge flight risk <laughs> if there was a monster in the bedroom. But I'm very protective of the people that I love. And it has been proven that if I'm put in a position where I think that we could be attacked, that my fight response kicks in and all of a sudden I think that I'm beast mode out there. It's true. And I'm ready to maul somebody over. And none of that has actually had to happen. Thank God. But I thought it was going to happen. So I, I just kicked in. It's true. So I feel like I'd be nice and safe and protected. And to answer this, like one of my kids would, uh, I would just wear like extra pants and like a sweatshirt or something. If I thought I'd be too cold. Cause then I'd be happy that How my about feet this? were out underneath the covers. Hey, he never said we couldn't wear a onesie with footies. I think it says the tootsies must remain vulnerable. Ugh. The toes, at least the toes. Hey, what if it's extra long sweats that the toes aren't covered, but they just get to be like accidentally draped yeah. over by a long pair of pants? Does tootsies refer to just toes or is it the whole foot? I would think it was just the toes. It's just the toes. So, I mean, technically. What if you had gloves for your feet? Ooh, like fingerless gloves. Fingerless. But with toeless socks. Yeah. Like, that'd be, it'd just be like a tube or something. I don't know. <laughs> See where you're uh, taking us, Tim. Tim, that's what you do. That's what you get with that with would way you to represent questions. the hometown. Would you rather's? All right, <sighs> this leads us this fun one. to our closing podcast remarks. Yeah, it's true. And thank you for tuning in and listening to the Pacific Northwest Showdown episode 15. Yes, Kate, where can they find us on social media? Well, you know, we're in a lot of places on social media. We are on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, all at. I felt like you're just Showdown. doing. <laughs> Oh, oh. On Dan Dancer, on Prince, or on Dunner, on Blitzen, on Comet, on Christmas. Cupid, on 
Cupid. Wait, isn't that his name? I don't know at this point. I'm so confused. On Donner and Blitzen. I think I said those oh ones. Oh my gosh, already. do we need to figure out the We watched the Christmas Chronicles we on Netflix. A jillion Christmas movies, but Christmas Chronicles. And so when you just said on TikTok, on, on Twitter, TikTok, on, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, at Pacific Northwest all Showdown. At Pacific Northwest Showdown. So come find us there. Um, see what's going on. You know, we're trying to figure out TikTok. I attempted TikTok an, is confusing, I but attempted we're an figuring Instagram it out. Reel this week, so we're getting there. But um, also a big thanks to everybody who's sharing the podcast and telling other people to listen to it. It's been so exciting seeing um seeing that there's new listeners out there. So thank you so much for all of that. We really, really appreciate it. It makes my heart happy. It really does. It yeah. really does. I don't that wasn't meant to come out that way, but it, it came did. out with an accent. So we're just gonna <laughs> stick with it now. Stick with it. Mm -hmm. All right. We wish you a very happy new year. Yes. Stay safe. Please. Stay warm. Yes. And always remember to take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time. So Michaela, um, since it's the last podcast of the year and the new year is coming, what is one new year resolution you have for 2022? Or maybe it's not a resolution, but like a goal or something. My goal for 2022 is to be the best wife I can possibly be to you. Wow. But more so to also make this the healthiest year I have ever had in my life. I'm turning 30 in February. Oh yeah. True. And I just feel like there are some things that I want to do for myself mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and in all those ways Sure. to get myself to be in the best possible place I can be. And I'm really excited for this. You know, some people call it like a whole new chapter when you hit, you know, a new decade of yeah. years and I'm excited for 30. Yeah. So that's mine. What's yours? Um, well, you know, I think for myself, I've been trying to really focus on, you know, maybe better identifying like when I need to take care of myself and when I need to do things, my, I, I usually pick a word of the year. Um, and so last year, my, you know, for 2021, my word was grace. Cause I was trying to work on giving myself I'm really some curious grace. what your word is going to be this else. year. Not, I'm not revealing the word yet, but, um, but yeah, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to kind of continue on the track of, um, just making sure that I'm taking care of myself and being, you know, the best me I can be, whatever that looks like. So it sounds like a year of health and wellness for the two of us. Yeah. 
that would work with some good snacks though with some good snacks i gotta have good snacks with all my health and wellness always so, yeah. happy new year everybody happy new year